Hello everyone, Gaprogman here. Just before we start, I wanted to say this is another look into Resident Evil 2 Remake as such. Spoilers, swears and potentially horrible descriptions of things are about to happen, so obviously skip this one if any of those things could cause you any issues. Okay? Cool. Welcome to another episode of the Waffling Tailors Podcast. I am your host, Kaprogman, or one of your hosts, rather. And with me, as always, is Squidgy. Say hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. <laughs> Here we are back again. Not not 24 hours since we did the last one, although I'm not sure we can release this one at such a great cadence because I've got to be at work tomorrow. But there you go. So for those who didn't listen to it, the previous episode, episode 31, a Grenade to the Face, is all about Squidgy talking about... The Resident Evil 2 remake. Uh, we're recording these. So the previous one was recorded on uh, Saturday, January 27th at about 9pm GMT. 26th, sorry, at 9pm GMT. Uh, this one is Sunday 27th of January, about 8pm GMT. I'm about 15 minutes out, but I'll round up. It's not a problem. Um, in the previous one, we talked about Squidgy's adventures in Claire A. In this one, we're going to talk about Squidgy's adventures in Leon A as well. So that's cool. Interesting that you're going with both of the A scenarios and then tackling the B scenarios, Squidgy. What's that all about? Uh, basically, I I sort of figured that Leon A wouldn't be really that much different from Clara. Okay. So I figured that half the puzzles I already knew. So when I went through Leon A, it'd be more a case of hoarding ammunition and dodging at the right times and that kind of thing, and then cutting down a lot of... Um, exploration time considering a lot of the stuff is precisely where you'd think it'd be with a few deviations so i figured i could get through leon here with quite a lot less trouble and it turns out i was right okay so uh we'll go into some of the things about the leon a story in a couple of seconds but what we'll do is we'll throw in the um spoiler break music in here just now so that people can go away and play the entirety of leon a or that they know that there will be spoilers from this point onwards Resident Evil 2. Welcome back. Um, so now we're going to talk about Leon A, Resident Evil 2 Remake on the... You're playing on the X-Bone, is that right? Yes. Okay, cool. So it's important to say that because I think you said in the previous episode something about on the PC version you could turn all the graphics quality down and it plays like a, uh, a OG PSX game. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I'm definitely going to do that eventually at some point. <laughs> uh, just to put it on the old gaming laptop and uh, play it like a PS1 game back in the day. You see, as a slight side note, right? I uh, so peeking behind the curtain, a bit of inside baseball news. Um, I'm running uh, Ubuntu Mate, which is a Linux distribution, which is obviously not Windows on my PC. Um, there is a way to run Windows games on PC, and there's kind of compatibility already for Resident Evil 2 Remake on uh, Linux slash macOS. So Steam has this thing called Proton. You can run that, and then it essentially uh, makes the game compatible with your operating system. The problem is I could totally do that, except that what's really annoying about the... Well, no, it's not annoying. It's not annoying because I don't want the Linux folks to go after me, but um, in the Linux world, you have different desktop environments. You know how, like, with Windows, you boot into 
Windows and you see the Windows desktop environment, you've got the start button, you've got the apps and stuff like that. In the Linux arena, there are multiple different um, desktop environments, and I use one called GNOME. That's GNOME, but with a G on the beginning, which is probably how you spell GNOME. I can't be bothered to look it up. Um, if I weren't using GNOME, I'd be able to use Proton, which is the Steam thing, and play Resident Evil to myself. But I can't. So there you go. Okay, so let's talk about Leon A then. Um, so you said last time that when you, because you you had started Leon A and given it a bit of a go, yeah. the intro sequence is still pretty similar. You still go to the diner, um, except that instead of um, the opening the door and pointing the gun into the diner, you end up pointing the gun out of the diner and yelling, get down and shooting a zombie that's outside and then taking Claire into the city because that makes a lot of sense. Yes, because otherwise you'd turn off to Silent Hill. That's right, and if it was if it was this decision between Resident Evil Land Raccoon City and um, Silent Hill, I think I'd prefer to go to uh, neither. Really, I'd probably run off into the woods screaming like a little girl because that's the kind of person I am. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, um, so yes, uh, Resident Evil Two Leon. So presumably, see, I so going into this for folks who haven't heard it, who haven't heard the previous one, I haven't played the Resident Evil Two remake yet, so I am in my head. I'm seeing the OG PS2 version, uh, the OG PS1 version, sorry, when Squidgy describes everything. So I'm assuming that after this diner scene, your characters go into Raccoon City and there's that whole trucker driving into the back of the car whilst Leon's body double zombie jumps up from behind the seat and tries to eat uh, Leon, which causes him to swivel and crash. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. No, there's, there's no body double in the car. Okay. Leon and Claire drive into the city. They see varying amount of devastation. The road that they're driving down is blocked. Claire takes a look out of her window and sees a couple of zombies munching on meals on wheels, essentially, a bit of fast food. <laughs> and she turns to Leon and said, we need to get out of here. Tries to reverse. The zombies start trying to bang their way into the car, you know, run up to the car and bashing on it. Tries to reverse. Then Leon notices there's a truck hurtling towards you. He says to Claire, we need to get out now, as in, you know, get out now. Try and open the doors, it's not working. So the truck smashes into the car, sends you spinning. Truck then proceeds to jackknife and slide down the road. Then the the flames that are already on the street, after the, the car gets hit, it starts leaking petrol. Gasoline, if you're American. Mm-hmm. Then gasoline catches fire underneath. The two characters jump out of the way, it explodes. So it's not the actual tanker, it's the car that explodes. Okay. So, I mean, it's pretty similar. But what you're saying is, and I'm quite upset about this, that Leon's body double zombie is not in this version of the game. No, he, um, I, I mean, why would he? I mean, when, when in the making of the first game, the uh, Leon's body double died, so they couldn't bring him back. He was dead. That's what happens to stuntmen sometimes. You know, unfortunate accidents happen in the making of video games, video game cutscenes. But you have said several times when we've talked about Gaiden that, um, you know, the end of the story of, of Gaiden is, oh, no. There's Leon, uh, obviously, spoiler alert for that. There's Leon, and there's the green blood coming out of him. No, he's infected. Da, da, da. Yeah, infected, but not the actual shape-shifting tyrant that everyone thought he was. Shape-shifting tyrant. Yep. Resident Evil on the Game Boy, ladies and gentlemen. That old nugget. Anyway, yes. uh, So, before we continue, though, right? So, Mm. we are talking about Resident Evil 2 Remake. I just want to point out that, um, obviously, so let's count down the Resident Evil 2 versions that are available, right? So, there's the OG PlayStation version, and the Dreamcast version of that, and the PC version, and the N64 version. I'm classing that as one game. Then there's the Tiger Com version of the game. Leon 
only that one. Claire was never released. That's true. And then what else is there? There's all of the classics and inclusions in, in packages. What other media is there with Resident Evil 2 Star Island? Oh, wait, there's the book by S.D. Perry. S.D. Perry, what an author. That is an awesome book. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil fed in the series because there was Resident Evil Zero, which was the Zero book. Resident Evil, which was the, the story based on the first one, which is the Umbrella Conspiracy. The second book, let me see, I've got all these, I should know this. Caliban Cove, wasn't it's it? Caliban Cove, a story centering around Rebecca and the main branch of stars investigating a research centre. Then book three is Resident Evil 2, City of the Dead. It's kind of hard to wrap your head around, but it is by far Resident Evil City of the Dead is the thickest book out of the lot. Mm-hmm. And I can quite happily read all that book, get to the end, and then restart it. So, um, yeah, so the subtitle for that one is Resident Evil Underworld. Oh, no, that's not right. Oh, that's not right at all. That's a completely different book. That's a new series, a new entry in the series, isn't it? That's not a based on the game at all. Caliban Cove and Underworld were two unique stories that S.D. Perry came up with. So yeah, City of the Dead, you were right. Yeah, City of the Dead, released in 1999. Mm. Excellent stuff. Let's escape the zombies and um, escape the city like it's 1999. Cue random guitar riff. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Resident Evil 2, Leon A. So what was your, going in, what were your initial impressions? As soon as you hit the press start, choose Leon, choose A. Well, the initial impressions was I was I wasn't expecting the same, but I wasn't expecting drastically different. For example, Marvin treats you differently because he's a lieutenant and he's much more forceful with Leon. Not as in giving orders, but forceful as in you know you, you need to try and get out of here. You need to do this. You need to do that. First time you go back to him with you find a little book that gives you solutions to a puzzle to try and get to an underground tunnel to try and get out the the RPD building. The first time you go back with a book, Leon is insistent that he has to help Marvin, at which point Marvin pulls a gun on him and says, just go. Well, something along them lines, you know, you need to get out of here, just go, that kind of thing. I had a little chocolate, I think. That was, that was, a, that was a good one. But I will say, um, shotguns, unless you aim accurately, do naff all against liquors, to a point where I ran through nearly all of my shotgun ammunition trying to take two of them down and i would have done better with a pistol sounds like you were playing as me when playing the board game no when playing as you as the board game the dice went on your favor until you ran out of ammunition at which point you couldn't hit a bullet with the side of a barn yes you were pushing zombies back instead of slicing them with the knife because they've only got one health and one slice would have killed them but you became the master of dodging to the point where if you played dark souls afterwards you probably would have completed it in about 10 seconds we, uh, I think we should do an episode um, about the Resident Evil 2 board game because it's loads of fun. But we'll figure that out another time. Just tease it here for those folks who are listening. You see, here's a question for you, right? You've done the scenario A for both Leon and Claire. Yeah. What about Kendo? Kendo. I was just going to say, sorry, just real quick um, for the folks who don't know. Kendo is the name of the guy who owns the gun shop at the beginning of the OG version. So I don't know whether Kendo's in it. So I'm not going to spoil that part of the story because that has to be experienced Ooh. in certain parts of claire a and leon a, it manages the, the game manages to hit you in the fields okay quite hard um the section with kendo anyone that has played that section will know precisely what i'm on about um i'm not going to go into it but kendo is in the game um also they're releasing an extra mode as DLC, I think, a Capcom, and it's kind of like a raid slash mercenaries mode, where it's it's called um, Survivors, 
So you play as Kenda, Robert Kenda. You play as another character who's a research assistant, who I think she's in the labs when it goes tits up, and you actually play as the mayor's daughter. Ooh, okay. And the the levels are randomly generated enemies, and you buy stuff to survive longer via the points you get from killing stuff. Okay. And Kendo's a character, um, the mayor's daughter's a character, and I know Kendo for a fact is a character. I'm not too sure about the mayor's daughter. I think there is a research assistant, but I didn't look too much into it because I didn't want to sort of spoil it for myself. But I know that's coming up. But Kendo in Leone is in the game. Once you escape the Raccoon City Police Department via the the parking lot with Ada, you have to cut through Kendo's gun shop. And he does make an appearance and... I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah, it's it hits you in the feels hard. He's not in the beginning of the game, then? No, but he's still in his gun shop. So that puts everything that I know about Resident Evil 2 into question, then. So obviously, they've redesigned portions of the game, obviously. They've, they've rejigged everything, essentially. So you come out of the police department via the parking lot. Uh, in the original, you end up in the sewers. Mm-hmm. Do you end up in the sewers and then end up somehow at a shop? With Leon A, you go into the parking structure yes and you go through like steam tunnels and access vents and stuff oh cool. you know like the like where pipes are and stuff mm-hmm. after you get go through kendo's gun shop you end up going through the sewers as leon ah uh, okay okay then that that leads to going to the sewer parts where you would do with claire mm-hmm. then you get the cable car to the the labs which in this game is called the nest okay and i have experienced what it's like to um try and battle the crocodile and so how about we come back to that because i have a burning question now right <laughs> so for people who have played the og playstation version there's a big thing where if you get through kendo's gun shop and run all the way to the police department without picking anything up you mean chicken heart vickers yes is chicken heart vickers in the remake the only time you get to see that section of the game that you would in the og resident evil mm-hmm. is when you play a B game. I played the first like half an hour of the B game today as Claire, and you have to go via that section. But when you go down, um, that's like immediately after you get to the the precinct. That's the only way you can go down. There's a door down there, and that's your first save room. And when you play as Claire, you pick up the Colt BAA, and you get different types of am- you get a different type of ammunition. So that's your main weapon to start off with. But as it stands, I haven't seen Brad yet. But then again, the whole game has been rejigged, so he might show up at some point. I don't know yet. Maybe that could be uh, Squidge's prediction for something in the B-Files, I guess. Mm-hmm. Chicken Heart Vickers shows up. But for those of you who are new to Resident Evil 2, um, I keep saying Chicken Heart Vickers because if you're brand new to the series, then you haven't played the first game or the remake of the first game. Brad Vickers is the helicopter pilot who drops off Alpha Team and who flies away because he gets scared during the intro sequence, and who also drops the rocket launcher on you so that you can kill the uh, the tyrant at the end of the game. He's known throughout the canon as Chicken Heart Vickers because he's a bit of a wuss. Mm. And what was really cool, what I really liked about the OG Resident Evil 2, um, which was something that no one really talked about, but everyone just sort of said, yeah, that's really cool, was Resident Evil 2 came out, what, 97? And then Resident Evil 3 came out in 98. 99. 99, okay. So in Resident Evil 2, if you didn't pick anything up at the beginning of the game in your A storyline and got to the um, got to the precinct, 
before you go in through the door, you can go through like a like a little tunnel underneath the door, go down some steps and run to the other side. Under there, there is a zombified Brad Vickers. Two years later in Resident Evil 3, you find out why there is a zombified Brad Vickers, because Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 kind of happen at exactly the same time. Well, portions of it do anyway. Mm, it's, it's sort of like a day apart kind of what you got to remember at brad vickers is um well first of all he thinks jill's an amazon if you played the original resident evil from back in the day but i wouldn't say he's sort of like a chicken heart it's just i think he when, when he sort of loses control of a situation or stuff's happening out of his control he just panics it's not for lack of courage it's just panicking i think that gets the better of him to be honest of the characters in the Resident Evil universe, I honestly think he is the most realistic. Let's be honest, right? Okay, all of the heroes of the games are very much your sort of Hollywood-style big muscles, like Chris beating up a boulder in Resident Evil 5. Smuggling melons. Yeah, because that makes sense. Um, because that's what happens in, in a Hollywood movie. You suspend disbelief while you bash a button to beat the crap out of a boulder. Whereas Brad Vickers, it makes sense. He's landed the helicopter in an unsecure area. He hears gunshots and no one comes back. So he flies away. Totally makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. And, you know, also the only radio you have can't transmit out. It can only listen in. Yep. So he's, he's up there flying the whirly bed, wondering if his entire team's dead. You know, trying to get some sort of, some sort of sign that they're not dead. Mm-hmm. And it's only last minute that they get a sign saying they're not dead, but then... He comes to land the chopper, and then he sees this massive, great, big thing with claws, which is never good, you know, seeing anything with claws. Manages to kick a rocket launcher out of the um, the chopper, which, if it was me, and I, if I was going into the woods as part of a team, I would take that as my standard weapon. So I guess the next question I have is mm. one that can be answered by looking at any of the publicity shots for the game, or the poster, <laughs> or any of the footage that's been released of the game, or any of the Let's Plays. Does Leon still have stupid hair? It's no longer ginger. I don't know whether that answers the question or not. Uh, he's still got weird hair. Is it still like an off-center parting? He's still got a bit of a, a floppy hair thing going on, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Not as much as, say, like Leon in Resi 4, where you'd think it'd block his vision. Yes. This is more like, it, it's more realistic. So if, if the hair got in his face, it won't be a problem. So then, I guess, the most important question, the question that everybody uh, has on their lips when talking about Resident Evil 2 Remake. <laughs> you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Did Ada wait? No. At no point in the game does he actually yell, Ada wait. Oh. At least in Leon A. What I will say is that Leon in Leon Air is an idiot. Okay. He's very green, very wet behind the ears, and he will believe anything he's told to a point where Ada shows up. And if you've played the original Resident Evil, you know that Ada is there to get a sample of the G-Virus. That's the whole point. She turns up and she's got an FBI badge, an ID. So Leon, without even double checking, just believes she's FBI. Well, I mean, just think about it for a second, right? He doesn't have time in the middle of this zombie apocalypse to go, hang on a minute, let me get to a computer. Oh, wait, it's 1998. I've got to wait for my 56k modem to start up. And it's running Windows 98, which means it crashes four times whilst booting. Also, now I'm going to check whether your credentials are right. Ain't no time, sucker. But the, the ID that she gives, there's no badge. There's not even a picture of it. It just says FBI. With just the words FBI, like in Chrome. FBI, right? Like, you know, like the flip, where you get the idea where you flip it. The top part says FBI, and the bottom part, there's no photo, but I assume, because she, she flashes it that quick, that it's got her name 
and like a rank and whatever on it. But there's no picture on there and there's no actual badge. It just says FBI and he just believes it. She clearly took lessons from Chris Tucker in the style of rush hour one, flip it up and flip it closed. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So you go into the parking lot and then you go out into Raccoon City mm-hmm. for reasons that I'm sure make sense when you're playing the game, but don't make sense to me because I'm... Plot. Yeah, I'm running through the map in my in my head. Is Bertolucci still in it? Yes, he is. He makes a fantastic appearance and he has a fantastic demise. All in the space of three minutes. Does he still have that stupid little ponytail? Oh, yeah. He's, he's even more of a douchebag in the remake. How You see, one thing I never understood about the original, right? How does he have all of this dirt, uh, all the characters, right? He knows that something's going on, which is why he locked himself in. Did he explain that at all in the remake? In in the remake, he did. He didn't lock himself in. Chief Irons locked him up. Oh, because he he found actual proof of Irons being paid off by Umbrella. Right, I see. And he also he he taped an interview that he had with Irons' secretary, firing um, accusations at her one after another, mm-hmm. like um, you know corruption. What about this orphanage? It's backers by Umbrella. We've heard some hor- horrendous stories of what happens. Then she just goes interview over. But the thing is, he's got the the parking lot, parking garage pass, so you can get out. Uh, so you have to get him out, which means you've got to restore the power to the jail cells with a little puzzle. And restoring the power to the jail cells, the minute you leave the jail cells, that's where Mr. X shows up. I was just about to ask, is Mr. X in Leone? Yeah. What happens is you, you go up and you can only go back into the police station via the the helicopter wreckage and obviously once you douse the helicopter wreckage and go towards it mr x shows his green bald twatty face again (laughs) and that stupid little fucking hat so um for the listeners the reason we we refer to him as mr x rather than tyrant um is because essentially uh in the original in the og playstation version of resident evil 2 he isn't named um and there's very little information about him in the in the files that you find in the game. Whereas uh, Squidgy and I are big fans of the S.D. Perry novels. And obviously uh, in the S.D. Perry novels, uh, S.D. Perry obviously has to give this character a name. So she came up with Mr. X and that's what we call him. It wasn't her idea. He was actually named as um, Mr. X in Resident Evil 2, one of the files. He ah. was also named in like all the promotional stuff. And Capcom hinted that Mr. X will be chasing you. So it, it wasn't her invention. It was in the original. It was just, it was only, I think it was only fleetingly mentioned in maybe two or three files. But yeah, it was actually in the original game. It wasn't S.D. Perry's creation, unfortunately. But, you know, it was in there. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so Mr. X is there. Mr. X is there. Mm-hmm. Um, was Would you say that his appearance in Leon's story is potentially as difficult to deal with i guess as as it would have been for claire so what i'm asking is if you'd have played the leon a rather than claire a first would it have been as as difficult for you to sit through probably considering that one of the things you've got to do you've in in both scenarios you've got to go to the interview and observation room to get a box that you put a gem in right and it's it's not part of the main story it's one of the side bits you do um it's it but you've got to go down there to use the key once you use any item that isn't like weaponry, once it's fulfilled its usefulness, you get a little red tick and then you can discard it from your inventory. Mm-hmm. 
So instead of it clogging up your inventory, what most people, well, I know what I did, but I know what most people did was they went around finding the doors that were locked just to go unlock it so they can clear up their inventory. Thing is, once you do that with Leon and you're walking back round, Mr. X bears through the wall from the press office like he did in the original. And he bears through, at which point I ran straight back to the same room, jumped over the glass in the interview room, waited for him to disappear. Once I stopped hearing footsteps, I hightailed it somewhere where I knew he wouldn't follow me. But yeah, he does actually burst through the press wall like he does in both B games in the original. He's not essentially a, a major problem, and I attribute that to the the soundtrack that I changed over. The soundtrack for Mr. X in Resident Evil 2, it's more familiar than terrifying, which made it a lot easier for me to recognise he was there and then proceed to dodge him other than hearing the, the original soundtrack, panicking, running, running in a panic, running into walls and dodging by liquors that I didn't even know were there on the hardest difficulty, you know. He, he does pop up. He's scripted to pop up in certain areas, and it's annoying when he does in Leon Air, rather than terrifying. It's just an annoyance, because surprisingly, a shotgun blast to the face doesn't stun him. And unless you go out of your way to find the way to open the armory in the star's office, you don't have a magnum. So you've got one of two choices. You can either throw a flashbang and hope for the best, or throw a grenade and run by him, or not do what I did, throw a grenade, mistime it, and start running towards a grenade before it blows up, hurting myself in the process, trying to run by him. But I I located a few areas where if he did pop up, I could give him the runaround. The, The new layout of the library was a good one. I had a bit of trouble in the library. Once you do a library puzzle, you've got to go to a clock tower. And the problem with the clock tower is once you solve the puzzle in the clock tower to find the second load of electronics you need to open the jail cell, the Rackham City Police Department used to be a museum, and it's got a clock tower. And once you do the clock tower puzzle, you initiate the clock again, it turns nine o'clock, and the bell starts ringing. And then the bell smashes off its hinge and hits the floor, releasing the electronics so you can get it. First time I did that and the bell started ringing, I was saying, shut up, shut up, shut up, he'll find us, shut up, stop it. Be, be a bell that doesn't bell, you know. The, the bell that doesn't bell, like a lot of things that doesn't, a lot of things. The bell yeah. that doesn't toll. I'll be the shoe that doesn't shoe. So I think we've mentioned it earlier on, and I'd love to go back and talk to talk about it. The one fight in Leon A for the OG version that didn't really make much sense to me, but I'm sure it's been dialed up to about 15 in the remake. Ah, the alligator. Good old alligator fight. It's It's got more of an explanation, because in, instead of Ada just being really quiet and just following you, you get a lot of exposition from her point of view. So she's saying, you know, there are investigations, there are a lab under the city, she needs to get to it. You you encounter, like, Mr. X. She, she doesn't really have an explanation for him, but she said that there's viruses that they're making, and if anyone gets hold of them, it, it turns any human or creature into like a monster, most uncontrollable monsters. And you you have to slide down into a sewer. And it's a surprisingly short segment with the alligator, like it was in the original. You're in a sewer, mm-hmm. and you're like hip deep in water, or sewer crap, whatever it is. And then you hear a massive roar, and then the camera is from the front of you, and you have to run towards the camera, while the alligator is hurtling towards you. Now, at a certain point, you, depending on where you're running, he tries to bite, either left or right, and you've obviously got to dodge that. But on top of this, there are clumps of debris on the left and right, which you've got to run, you've got to run past or through, and if you run through, you slow down slightly. If you slow down, he gets you. If you hurtle towards 
the camera and you manage to get past the segment, you slide down a slope, you go underneath a pipe, and then you have control of your character again. The crocodile slash alligator starts hurtling towards you, gets his jaws stuck in the pipe, and on the pipe there is a flammable symbol. Guess what you do then? You shoot the pipe, it blows up, it kills. The music's very high and tense. You're hurtling yourself towards the, ca- the, the camera, thinking, I know this is only a game, but if you need to jump through the screen to safety, do so. If you need to, I'll, I'll allow it. You're going to smell like shit, but you know it'll save your life. Then you can jump back in. It'll be fine. Yeah, that, that small section, it's only it's less than three minutes, that section. But it's very satisfying. The section where he plays Aid is a bit weird as well, because she's got a, a new toy. She equips it, and it's kind of like a scanner, and she can find out circuitry and power sources and either turn them on or off. But you've got to aim at a wall, and you sort of like scan the wall where pipes are, and then you aim at like the control box. You pull the trigger as if you were to shoot it, and it'll hack into it and change it. Okay. And you need to do this to escape Mr. X, who makes another appearance. You also need this to escape a furnace that you walk into, and then Annette closes the door behind you and turns it on. It took me a few of attempts. Um, Ada got flash fried a few times, <laughs> but I eventually figured it out and I got out. Yeah, so that was that was all kinds of fun. But it's it's just weird because it's one of those you think it's it's set in nineteen ninety eight. There shouldn't be tech like that back then. But then again, it's plot. Yeah, and we're again we're complaining about a a game that is essentially a Hollywood movie. You know, never attack Hollywood movies with logic because it don't make sense. Nah. So then, Resident Evil 2 remake, Leon A. Claire A. Which did you prefer and why? I think I preferred Claire A because there is a midpoint demise of Mr. X that was thoroughly satisfying. You sort of hinted at this in the previous episode, but you didn't say what it was. So obviously, it's going to be kept kind of a secret. So that's fine. But the fact that you said that makes me think that it doesn't happen in Leon A. Leon A, the ending battle, you fight Mr. X. That's your final battle. Really? Yeah. You go against, as a scripted battle, both characters, you go against Birkin in like a boiler room. Then you have Mr. X chasing you to a point where in the parking garage, you try and get out and then Mr. X out of nowhere grabs you, holds you up and you see his face. And the whole point is that um, whenever you see his face like that, you think your character's going to die because it did it in Claire A as well. At which point Mm -hmm. from the other side of the parking garage, Ada turns on a SWAT van and rams him into a wall. Okay. Gets the SWAT van, drives into the wall, at which point Leon is yelling at her because he still doesn't know her name yet and because she keeps showing up mm-hmm. at certain points. And then he's demanding, you know, what her name is, what she's doing there. Mr. X starts to move from behind the, the SWAT van that's just pancaked him into a wall. And he's trying to push it back, at which point Ada has a little device in her hand, pushes a red button, and the SWAT van explodes. So you assume Mr. X is dead. Yes. After that, he shows up in the segment with Ada in the sewers. Obviously, this is all heavily spoilery. He shows up, shows up in a section in the sewers with Ada. So you hear the music, you've got to run away from him. And then he shows up once or twice later on. There's a, a countdown timer near the end. He shows up randomly. No, he, he doesn't. He shows up once you get a certain key in the nest. He just shows up in one room. Okay. It just lands, shows up, and you hear Leon go, you again, and you run by him. It's easy to run by. And then you keep going, then you continue with plot. After the, the Birkin fight, which both characters play, essentially they go down a lift and you're stuck in an area with him. There's a Birkin fight, because obviously it's a Resident Evil game, so there's an iconic countdown timer. 
once you get towards the end of the countdown timer, there's a massive lift that goes towards a train car at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And on that lift, Mr. X shows up, but he's slightly mutated and his right arm's fully clawed. Okay. So you're you're stuck on a lift with someone who can claw you something chronic, and at certain sections of the fight, you have debris land on the lift with you, and you have to dodge out of the way because he'll go to slice at you, and if he catches the debris, he'll send that flying towards you. Okay. And you know when you've got right towards the end of the battle when two things happen. One, well, he charges up, but it's a very, very devastating attack. He comes hurtling towards you, putting a claw trying to claw you and if he gets you because he did me once he puts your claw straight through your midriff lifts you up and what's really cool about it is you see obviously leon struggling but the screen starts to dip black like from the outside to the middle like leon's shutting his eyes and then it eventually shuts which is pretty cool but if you can dodge that attack and you lay into him some more at which point i was using a flamethrower because reasons the the lift smacks into a, a beam high beam up top a attache case or a massive green military case falls down onto the the lift you run over to that you open it it turns out it's a rocket launcher you equip it you aim at it and you shoot at which point an in-game cutscene shows up and when the dust clears all you see is his legs <laughs> i like that and buckets of blood and gore and a big smile on squidgy's face <laughs> so your final boss battle at the end of the game is not a William Birkin creature, like in the no. original. Okay. In, in Claire A, you fight a second version of William Birkin. In Leon A, you fight William Birkin, and then you fight Mr. X, which it is a difficult fight. I'd, even on easy mode, I did go through a fair few amount of health items, even though half of my inventory was health items at that point. Okay, so what's next for you then? Is it Leon B or Claire B? Claire B. Okay, Claire B, so... I'm going to make a prediction, uh, and I think you should make a prediction too. I'm going to predict that Claire B, you don't take on Mr. X as much because, you know, he's going to be killed by Leon and whatever it is that death scene you're talking about in Claire A obviously won't happen. So I'd be interested to find out what happens with Mr. X slash the tyrant in Claire B and whether he gets replaced. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Leon A and Claire B happen simultaneously. Yes. So to say that there won't be much Mr. X activity because of what Leon does, that's just the power of the course of the game. If it happens at the same time, there'll be the same amount, maybe even more, Mr. X activity in Claire B because it's happened simultaneously. Well, let's maybe see what happens. If that's what you're saying, and it's different to what I'm saying, let's see what happens when you finish Claire B. (laughs) So what do you think overall of the A storylines so far. Enjoyable. If you know what you're doing, you can breeze through them. Mr. X isn't that much of a problem if you remember that he's tracking you via sound. Mm -hmm. So if he shows up, run through a couple of rooms and then walk. And he he has trouble finding you. He can hear very light footsteps. But the thing is, to him, very light footsteps might mean a zombie shuffling somewhere. Okay. If he actively sees you, he'll make a beeline for you. But apart from that, if you walk everywhere, and try and avoid confrontation because a, f- a few more enemies pop up because, you know, progression in Resident Evil games. That's how you know you're doing it well if more zombies show up. <laughs> but if you're smart about it and you try not to make sound, he won't pop, us, pop up as many times. I know the high difficulties, he finds you more often, but there's nothing stopping you just flipping to the map because that pauses the game. And then you can plan out your escape route. Right, I see. Then you, you bring the map off, you run a couple of rooms, and then you start walking. You can listen in if you want, 
but it's probably best to if you're not too freaked out by it you run a couple of rooms walk places and then continue your quest to solve puzzles if you just run in a blind panic it'll always find you that was my problem originally okay so what are Squidgy's top tips for survival in the A storylines. The A storylines with Claire, definitely try and save your ammunition for, if you don't know how to get the weapon out the armory, save your gunpowders to make acid rounds. They are surprisingly strong against bosses. Also, use a spark shot if you can when playing as Claire because it's a surprisingly unique and fun weapon. Another thing I would say is if you're fighting enemies that aren't Mr. X, as in Lickers, and like William and some of the bigger enemies, they will have a charred appearance the more you fight them. Mm. So you'll know how much health I've got left via like a charred appearance. Okay. You see visible damage on them to quite an extent where if you see a lot of it, you know that you're towards the end of the battle. Dodging's not that easy to do, but if you could just be aware of where you're stood at the time and you give yourself enough room to try and dodge to a side, that's helpful. If you can try and get the submachine gun with with Claire because you trip over ammunition all over the place. With Leon, don't rely on the shotgun too much. If you want to get a zombie out of the way without using the pistol ammunition, get really close, aim up and shoot because that blows the head off. Mm -hmm. Try and get all of the upgrades for his standard pistol because it turns into a Matilda where you can quick shoot if you tap quick enough. If you push and hold down the fire button, you'll fire three. But otherwise, you can just tap really fast, essentially making it into a machine gun if you do it quick enough. Know that he's, I'd say, slightly more buffed. So he's, he can take a, like one or two more hits than Claire. Again, be wary of your surroundings. Try and hoard, especially health, as much as you can. Try and hoard the higher grade gunpowder because two of them makes magnum ammo. Also, don't be afraid to, if you're stuck on a puzzle, if you're stuck trying to survive or stuck on a puzzle, that revolves around surviving. Do not be afraid to go down a difficulty. Because I did that. I started on hardcore, you know, where one bite from a zombie puts you on danger. Also, don't be afraid to, even though some people might say admitting defeat, but don't be afraid to look online for help, whether it be suggestions for how to solve a puzzle or the actual puzzle answers. Because I think the world record someone's ran it speed-wise now is one hour four. Wow. And I, I watched parts of that and my jaw hit the floor just at how confident the guy was playing it and how quickly he was dodging things. But you, you're in the long haul for maybe five to seven, maybe nine hours if you're unlucky with certain stuff and you want to check everything. It is a long game. And if you don't know where to look and you're at your wits end and you can't figure anything out, do not be afraid just to look for the solution or look for the next step so you can figure out the solution yourself. Because you will be there for a while. And I've had it where I couldn't figure out a puzzle. And I was starting to get really disheartened about it. And I thought, I'm not going to do this. I want to complete this. I'll try and look for solutions to it. There are solutions out there. There's tons of them. All you got to do is look on YouTube. People will show you. In this game, it's never the same. So there's always a slight variation. A zombie might act slightly differently. Or someone might pop out when you're not expecting it. When that never happened before. Or you might have less ammunition. You get aiming assist, but because it's not automatic aiming, you could miss shots, which means you could lose ammunition. So there's a degree of knowing the puzzles, but there's also a degree of skill with getting actual hits and knowing when to use sub-weapons, knowing when to throw grenades, use your knife, knowing when to walk instead of run as well. So it's it's all based on, you know, just, just sort of have a rough idea where you're going. Use the map because it'll save your life. 
know where the item boxes are, explore, but not to a point where you'll back yourself into a corner. I think most of all, just to enjoy the experience. Because if you're playing the game and you're not enjoying it, there's no point in playing the game. Cool. So how about we leave it at that then? And we say that the next one of these series of short episodes will be about uh, whichever B file you end up doing. I think you said you were going to do Claire B next. Yeah, Claire B. And we'll we'll give that a go. I don't know when we're going to record it because, you know, you and I work at different times. <laughs> um, it may be um, that we do it next weekend, which is fair enough. But yeah, we'll have to figure that one out. We'll play it by numbers. Play it by numbers? Play it by, yeah, we'll play it by something. We'll figure it all out. But yes, watch this space for Claire B or Leon B, whichever one Squidgy ends up doing. He may end up doing both, in which case, if if Squidgy ends up playing both, then we'll talk about both in the next one, and then Resident Evil 2 remake episodes will just be three in the series, and that's I'm okay with that. Mm. Yeah? Anyway, if you just keep an eye on Twitter, I, the minute I complete stuff, I always put stuff up there. Just because playing the main game, especially first time round, it's it's one of those where you play it, you're glad you got through it, and it's such a hard slog most of the time. It leaves me physically knackered. <laughs> sort of like, I'm going to let people know I've done this, and then I'm going to have a nap. Uh, so for people who don't know, you can find us on Twitter, at Waffling Tailors. You can find us on Facebook, at Waffling Tailors. You can go to the website, waffling-tailors.rocks. You can go over to our um, podcast listings page at waffling-tailors.transistor.fm. All of those places will get you a link to all of the discussions that we're having in some way, shape, or form. So definitely check those out. Um, any parting thoughts, Squidgy? To hell with Mr. X. I like it. Just to, to hell with him, completely. To hell with him and his fucking little stupid hat. <laughs> Fair enough, then. Um, we will catch you another time. So uh, this is Gaprogman saying, I'll see you later. I'm signing off. Bye-bye. This has been lovely talking about Resident Evil 2 Remake Leon A. I'll see you later, Squidgy. See you later, Squidgy. <laughs> Catch you all another time. See you later. Bye, bye. Intro music is Behind the Lines by Ian Sutherland. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GK. Spider Break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. See the show notes for more details.